recording here. Recording here. I'm I'm doing something on the the Am I Making Sense podcast right now. I've never done this before. What's the Am I Making? Is that the name of your podcast? That is the name of this. Am I Making Sense? Yes, this fledgling podcast that you have so uh, nicely uh, agreed to join. Yeah, is called Am I Making Sense? Okay. I've never done an intro before. Never done an intro. A proper intro. How many episodes have you made so far? This will probably be like sixty-six. 66 episodes, and you've never done an introduction. I do an intro, but I just off the cuff. And so this one, I go, you know what? Mean Dave's coming on. Let me write down something nice. Jesus Christ. To give him credits. <laughs> I am with, here we yeah. go, the co-producer, co-creator, co-host of the Internet's premier Bay Area podcast. Another terrible podcast by comedians. He's also- By comics. By comics. By comics. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to look up the wrong- one. God damn it. Yes. Look at that. I fucked up a Don't written worry, up. We're doing it. It's, it's okay. fine. It's fine. He's also a globally recognized aspiring professional comic. I don't know about globally. Uh, I don't know how much around Boom. the world I've done, but I mean, <laughs> outside well, the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? As long as I'm just using my imagination. Minnesota, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that'll be a little further away. So, hey, I'm really enjoying your podcast. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you guys are, you're getting local comics on. And and we're starting to branch out outside of the comics on, yeah, we're going to have yeah. a musician, uh, label producer of, uh, he's a friend of mine, he produces a label called Transylvanian Tapes, he's going to be okay. our guest this Sunday. Nice. And uh, and I got some other guests lined up, so, it, that are, and these are these are people that are also, they're, th- my main thing is, I keep stressing the eerie Eerie, this is really Erie's brainchild. Uh, okay. Because it's, I mean, they have the yeah, equipment. Yeah. It's her and her husband, Grimes Grimm, who okay. actually is a wonderful guy. They're a wonderful couple. Um, Erie's the comedian of the of the, the family over there. Mm-hmm. and uh, But Grimes is definitely, like, a wonderful, uh, I don't really, I mean, not just a partner of, not just a, uh, her husband and yeah, whatnot, yeah. but I think they have a real, uh, real bond creatively in that he's, Every time, because I've met him through her, yeah, and I first met her doing some shows together, and then she invited me to perform on some shows she produced, right? And I noticed I would have a really good time when uh, her husband was there, and Erie was like a, a kind of like a good luck charm for like these improvised sets that I was doing at the at these various places, and um, and he was always really super cool. And I, when I finally, it took me forever to remember his name. Um, and uh, Grimes, it rhymes with Grimes. Grimes, yes. That's and that's not even his real name. I've yeah. I've heard his real name, but I yeah. always forget it. But yeah. um, and then uh, she had the idea of she wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. And her whole idea was to do like because she's heard a lot of podcasts from people from local comedians and whatnot. insufferable. That's These her, podcasters, her opinion, and yeah. she, you know, it's like I've, I mean, I've been on some of them. I, I don't comment on anybody else's podcast yeah, because yeah. I'm like everybody's entitled to make stuff that no one listens to. Exactly, and yeah. um, and I don't, and I don't like, you know, I, I made, I had a podcast years ago at, on the very infamous station FCC Free Radio, which okay. is highly unfree. Um, it's uh, it's a station. It's basically a scam run by a, a guy who seems like perpetually is on meth. Uh, named John Miller. Mm. Um, he's done so much meth, he looks like an aged lesbian woman that's just always yelling at, at thin air. As it does. And he um, he ended up 
but I had a, I had a show called In the Meantime with Mean Dave that I had for like two yeah. years over there. Yeah. And I had a very fun time making my own podcast yeah. there. It was on live streaming internet radio. Um, and my show was designed so that if you were on acid, this would be the best podcast to listen to. Okay. Because it was both, it was, it seemed like it was chaotic, but it wasn't, it was, it, there was a sort of method to the madness and I don't really like explaining it, but yeah. I made it for myself really just to listen to so that it could tap into my acid brain, this like kind of tangential aspect of where music and conversation kind of coincide. And, um. And it developed an audience, oddly enough. And then, um, but I was, and that was kind of the idea. I'm like, well, if I make something I like, then somebody else would like it too. Tarantino says the same thing about his movies, not comparing my podcast to anything Tarantino makes, but, but it's the idea that what I do make creatively, I try to make for myself. Um, and Which then, is all we can do. We're here to entertain ourselves more kinda, or less. I mean, comedy's different, but uh, yeah. I mean, because you do, you, you can only entertain yourself so much yeah. with no laughter. Um, <laughs> And, We're gonna uh, get into that for sure. Yeah. The so then uh, after a while, Erie hit me up with this idea of wanting to do a podcast, mm -hmm. and the main point that she sold me on was they would buy me dinner or lunch uh, before the podcast. I'm like, I'm sold. I don't give a shit. Whatever. If I got a free meal out of it, that's fine. If it's free, it's for me. Uh, I mean, that's it's what not the free, wise but man she's paying. Said. And yeah. so, uh, but I also didn't want. I mean, I wanted the podcast to be something the thing is is that she's new to it i wasn't mm. not to say that what i my experience is just like i know what sucks and uh as much as i mean just what uh is not pleasant to hear there's only so much that you can get out of like mileage out of chaos or whatnot and when we first started it started with uh she had a lot of these kind of gimmicks that she wanted to do which oddly enough i'm like you know you heard all these podcasts and you didn't mm -hmm. hear any gimmicks that were awful because yeah. so she, but it was really just throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what stuck. Yeah, yeah. And what seem, people seemed to enjoy most was just me and Erie bickering with our guests, our poor guests being caught up in the fray. Yes, um, with the bell. Yeah, and that there's only so long that I felt like that was gonna last. Cause, okay. Because uh, also I didn't it didn't leave me feeling good like having to like to constantly be on my guard. Uh, because I also love podcasts that are conversation and that you yeah. humor, I think there's times, I mean, you have different podcasts based on different guests yes. and, and, uh, and so I almost didn't stick with it only because, uh, and here, I, I should talk about this more when Erie's here. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, um yeah, we're going to, we're going to have in. another podcast to, to do, but uh, mainly the only reason why, and I, the thing what I did was I didn't just like, it wasn't because like my way or the highway, yeah. it was really, I didn't know how much Erie, uh, I didn't know how much ownership Erie was looking to take of what we were doing and how yeah. much really like, cause I, I don't like to, it's her toys that we're yeah. using her and Grimes. Um, I don't know what her vision was for yeah. it. And I'm a big believer. It's like if somebody kind of, ha if they're inspired to do something and they have a vision of something, I want to, I want to be a productive part of it. Yeah. But without like necessarily having to exploit an aspect of my behavior that makes, that forces me to be someone I'm not. And yeah, that's, yeah. So what I felt like was that it was kind of like uh, she really wanted to keep ringing the bell, you know, funny, both metaphorically and literally mm. uh, to irritate me so that I would to irritate uh. me to get me to then respond with with hostility 
for humor's sake, which only it, it, it's it's fun at times, but then there's times where after a while I'm just sort of like I'm fucking I don't want to I don't like going into a situation always defensive. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to express, and I talked to her about it, um, and she totally was open to what I was talking about. So I, so when we figured out kind of. Uh, it's odd, oddly enough, the podcast that we, uh, which is actually one of my favorite episodes, even though it's the, the least favorite, it seems like of anybody who listens to it. Um, we had Vahe, uh, Hove, who is, uh, the producer of best of SF, uh, okay. standup, uh, which is at the variety preview theater in San Francisco. And he is a notorious nut. If you know him, not notorious. If you, anybody who knows him, who's ever done his show, most of the time, a lot of the newer comics, they've done his show, and they don't even know who the fuck he is. Got and he's he's like this weird, I want to say he's Esoteric like Esoteric? Eh, not even esoteric. Don't, don't, these are words that like belong to more talented people. Okay. He, he's really more of just this whimsical, uh, I would dare say the best word for it, is brat. And um, Okay. He did comedy for a while at some point. He's a funny dude, too. He can yeah, be yeah. funny. But he's just, just uh, annoyingly... Uh, compulsive in his thinking. What episode and, was that? Uh, I think it was like episode five, maybe. Okay. It's in the middle there, but check it out. I thought I listened to most of them, but I must have oh, missed you, that you one. you definitely would know this episode okay. if you heard it. And right. uh, it's just hard to listen to, but I, okay. I actually think it's hilarious because my whole point, I was basically like almost like trying, like uh, it, it, on the one episode after I talked to Erie of saying like, we need to both work on listening to each other more than just interrupting each other yeah and that was kind of our 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 worst habit and um i say our when i was kind of more looking at her but it was it was forcing me to interrupt because it's like once bad habits start happening yeah, every, yeah. everybody gets them yeah. so then of course the first guest i have on when we're trying to work on our listening skills is the one guy that we don't <laughs> want to listen to for very long because he'll just it'll make you want to drive Where a spike through your head bell go and so uh so we had him on and that was a real test yeah. of our patience okay. but i think once we got through that and we we started again our guests uh I think what was cool was that we invited, we started having guests that kind of like, I think intimidated eerie enough to where, um, I don't say like in a bad way, like yeah, you know, yeah. we had Tony Sparks on Tony Sparks. We both one. have a lot of respect yeah, for. Yeah. So it's I would say stories. it was a great, it was, it was just listening to him. Yes. Um, we had Rudy Ortiz on who that was who, my favorite. So far. he has a, he has a, you know, very strong opinions and, yeah. and, uh, and he, he always has like his churching up of his opinions, which was great. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I was actually on a lineup with him yesterday. Oh no. Shit, and I said, I go, I listened to your podcast. Yeah. And, uh, with me and Dave and Erie, I loved it, and we're trying. We're going to work on a date because I want to get him on here. Oh, too. he'd be great. Yeah, he's yeah. he's very. And not only that, he's been around. You heard it on the podcast. Yeah, there. he's he's just a really funny and real guy. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just a very. Uh, he's one of the few that, um, like uh, it's funny just knowing you know who I've who I've become friends with and whatever. Yeah. I wish I would cross paths with him more, but whenever I do, it's just, and he's, he's cool with almost everybody. It seems like there's, yeah. even if he's not cool with somebody, he's still cool with them. Right. And that's a quality I always envy and try to like, kind of like take some of that, uh, for when I'm, and I do find it working. Like it, it has rubbed off on me. Cause there was a time when I wasn't where I was somebody would be like, Oh, we don't want that motherfucker on our show. Right. And, uh, and I still, and I get along with, people i don't want to say even though i don't like it's not that i don't like anybody or i don't like their comedy or whatever else like that it's really just like this you know i think a lot of that has to do with my recovery world and that i've been deal i've had to deal with a lot of difficult personalities in recovery and yeah. it really helps when i'm uh working in the comedy world because uh some of the i guess addicts in recovery sometimes are way more of a pain in the ass than than people in comedy so. yeah 
Yeah, no, I would say from the few conversations I've had with you and listening to your podcast, you're a measured guy. I am. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, obviously. A lot of, uh, what you does gotta, that mean? You, Well, you got to play up your mean Dave, right? So no, there's stuff, I don't play up nothing. But, but it's, it's, you seem like you have a very measured response to most things. So I have was, to hold back sometimes. Oh, you do? Okay, all right. So inside, you're, you're screaming on oh, some yeah, of these Well, things. I'm not screaming. I yeah. wouldn't say screaming, but more just, you know, I, I ha- inside, I'll have a gun to my head and just, like, yeah. want to blow Any my second. Out. But uh, there was something you were touching on in the podcast with uh, Rudy that I wanted to talk with you about yeah. again, if you don't mind. Let's so you're also it. you're a, you're a musician. Yeah, well, I was. You, I mean, I still am, but I mean, I could I could still jam if I need to. Yeah, yeah. I I think once you pick up an instrument, you're kind of it's, so, yeah, it's, it's always like a bicycle. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. always once there start, once you get it down. Um, and you were ta- you and Rudy were talking about these times when you struggle on stage, which for me, the stage, the point I'm at in comedy. Obviously, it's Rudy like, was talking about struggling on stage. I don't struggle. You don't struggle. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm uh, well, you you mentioned this thing about sometimes jokes not working. Yeah, and you said, and and this is where um, it, it it really got me thinking. But then I wanted to talk with you about it a little more. Yeah. You were talking about, well, sometimes it's the key that I'm delivering my material in. And I thought oh, that was the, a really oh, yeah. cool thing. Yeah. But when you say key, are you talking about like emotions? Music, kind of a mu- like the key, yeah. No, it's, that's I was speaking somewhat musically. Yeah, yeah. No, um, there was some. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, I learned a lot f- about performance uh, from watching. I used to test DVDs on the PlayStation Two. I worked okay. in video games as a tester and then at one point for about two and a half years i worked for sony mm-hmm. uh testing just dvds uh, constantly on a playstation 2 which meant i watched a lot of movies which meant i watched all the the all of this the behind the scenes shit and all that okay so i got like a bunch of this information on how to make movies i got it basically i got paid to have an education in movies from the sources of movies yeah. and all of the extras and uh in one of those there was a tarantino uh, interview where he talked about performance that made a lot of sense to me, uh, just in terms of, from a music standpoint and as well, and it kind of translates. And that's yeah. uh, he was making a point of, uh, of of in terms of delivering a performance that you want you uh, grounding it in whatever the reality is of what's going on with you right at that point. So like uh, says he said made the example of if uh, if an actor is playing Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman, right? Uh, and on the way to the theater, he hits and kills a dog. Right. Uh, that's obviously going to stick with him, uh, yeah. you know, as he is on, g- continues on to the theater, probably deals with the dog shit or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and and has that emotion now. And and now he's got to perform this performance playing Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. And a good actor will take what's going on with them at that point mm-hmm. and and bring it with them on the stage. And that doesn't mean that now the play becomes about a dead dog as much mm. as what it means is that the the, the emotion that whatever is going to be delivered by the actor playing Willie Loman will incorporate somehow into the performance the feeling like you'll, you'll, you'll perform this now all of these lines and all that stuff yeah. kind of in the performance of like the Willie Loman who hit a dog that day. Okay. You know, it just it, you'll bring that real emotion with you yeah. and perform it in the in your act and okay. and so and i f- i was able like you know if you're playing music how i kind of translate that with music you know i'd be there's times where i'm really hyped up there's times where i'm really you know feeling bluesy or i'm feeling uh you know antagonistic or just just whatever you know angry which is yeah. f- just you know which is all fear um 
And when I would get into, there were times when I felt a lot more emotional and I would express it so much more in, in music. I could slow things down. I could yeah. get, I could do a lot of different things. I can, you know, make up different lyrics to something. I, there was a whole lot of room for, for improvisation that didn't have as severe consequences as say comedy could, if it doesn't work. Right. Um, but for the most part, it worked in the genres that I was playing. And, uh, and that wasn't something that like showed up. You know, that was something that took time of performance and learning how to how yeah. to just master abilities to to express myself in right. front of people. In comedy, it's different uh, because there's elements. I mean, it, it depends on what you can do with you know how spontaneous you are, yeah. how good you are. I mean, is how you know how do you write your material? Is your material you know something that you premeditate and then just do it as you deliver it on stage do you bring a little performance to it is your character is your stage presence a character or is it, it do you just deliver it as you and you know and, and there's a lot of shit that what i find is a lot of times people are who want to do comedy aren't exactly as self-aware as they should be if they really think that this is something that they want to do you used a word. We're going to touch on it. What's that? Dunning Kruger. Oh, Dunning like Kruger effect. Word. No, that's yeah. a, that's an effect, I, or that's a syndrome I learned a long time ago. Actually, yeah. some of my comedian friends named their awful band after it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's not around anymore because one of them is an accused rapist. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, do the math on that one yeah. if you folks want to go down that rabbit hole in uh. the local comedy scene. But it's not Noah Gain. Um, but uh, the the this. The whole syndrome, if you look it up, is basically just kind of layman's terms is that you're you're too incompetent to be able to gauge your own level of incompetence. Uh, like to put it like basically this is like the syndrome of like the people who audition for American Idol. Yes. And and can't tell that they and suck. Are shocked. Yeah, they're, they're just like, are you kidding me? No, I'm, a, I'm a, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, the snap they, of the finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they have that attitude. And yeah. that's that's, you know, it's I mean, right down to the was it the. You know, cash me outside. How about that girl? You yeah, know yeah. her, like yeah. that she, fucking idiot. And yeah, yet yeah, somehow yeah. she had a recording contract. Yeah, at one she's point. doing well now. And, and from what because, I hear, it's because you. Ha I mean, we live in an age where yeah, you got you got, you know, the short yellow bus of entertainment is yeah, being yeah. rewarded yeah. and and being exploited to some extent. And and there's a lot of that. And um, so, so yeah, it's it's so that's why when I was saying when it, when it comes to performing comedy. I have a lot of different jokes that now I've become what I hate, which is now more I parrot a lot of my material. I try to leave room for improvisation, but um, a lot of times I find myself just kind of like hiding behind the material that I'm doing, but I can perform it differently and I can well, perform it in different attitudes. And, yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say, because I the feeling I was getting the first six months is I go, wow. So first off, I joined comedy very naive, very naive. I thought when I was watching specials, mm. These guys were going off the cuff. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, we all I did at one point. I didn't realize that uh, this stuff has probably been performed maybe tens of thousands of times. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe less than that, but yeah, some of it, yeah, probably. So, so I was thinking, you know, this is a very repetitive game, and I, I don't know if I can do this because I was going up, and you, you mentioned another good word. I love it. You said hide behind your material where I would be repeating the lines. Yeah, you're just saying. But then saying, I go, I get off and I go, was I connected even to myself? Yeah, Forget about exactly. the audience. Was I like even if the audience laughed, I still got off the stage feeling like I, I may as well have bombed, because what happened there was I think I went up there and I was I may have may as well have been reading a teleprompter. In fact, I but was reading a teleprompter. But of also, the brain. When, you're, when you're new, I mean, yeah. that's actually that's a perfect that's a great thing because what you're learning is you're learning how to have your feelings while at the same time because the fact is is you're you're showing up prepared. 
mm-hmm. and you're sticking to whatever your act is prepared. So if it gets laughs, yeah. yeah, basically what you're down on yourself about is that you weren't, you didn't feel connected, some sort yeah, of connection yeah. or whatever. But also that shit ain't even there. Even when you, I mean, there's people I've watched who I felt that were completely connected, and then they yeah. get off stage and they're just like, and I'm yeah, like, man, yeah. you spoiled little brat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I and I, but I also I understand that there's times where I like I'll just do my act and I don't take any chance whatsoever, even though I know that some some of my act is even risky in and of itself. But um, but I, I I know enough about my act now to know when it's like when I'm doing this or that, and uh, I've been having a lot more fun trying to trying to find good moments to really not do my usual stuff and I'm, I'm blessed in the sense that I get a lot of opportunities performing at some weird places that I think give me a little bit of creative license to start strong and strong everything right. in the middle works out fine I mean yeah, yeah. plenty of time and um and yeah and I, I mean I had some fun times uh headlining a couple shows recently one in Modesto at this uh this uh, bar called the Brave Bull. It's a gay bar in Modesto, which really just is a bar with a few more disco balls in it. It's really, sure. it, it still looked yeah. like Modesto in that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other one was... It's got a vibe. Yeah. And the other one was the show in Brentwood uh, at a place, the, the Mannheim Social Club. And I got to do that like a couple Mondays ago. And that was a lot of fun to do because I got to do 45 plus minutes. I think I did like 50. And... Um, the crowd, it's not like a huge crowd, but there's yeah. enough of a crowd there to feel like it's a crowd. They are la- they were there to laugh. They're older. They skew older there. So okay. it's like what was weird is you saw, I saw an audience that was mostly older folks uh, and some younger folks too peppered throughout. But these, in a place that I think I took pictures and I posted on Instagram, it was all these severed animal heads from like their hunting trophies okay. all throughout the place. It looked like you're walking That's into Montana. That's not creepy at all. Well, yeah. you look like you're walking yeah. into Montana. Right. Like in the middle of the Bay Area yeah, or not yeah, yeah. in the middle, but to the east. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're walking in this fucking place and you look and you're just like, shit, man, I feel like I'm in a red state. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. You're just going to start getting a little case of the doubts. But as soon as I saw what they were laughing at with the opening comedians and I'm like, oh, okay, I think this will be all right. I mean, they're, they're here to enjoy oh. themselves. It's so good to have and that feeling. So I felt more confident after seeing uh, a couple comics do well with them, uh, with their with sp- sticking with their material that really right. is kind of like honed a lot in the city. Okay. And then, uh, and not only that, but then also before I went up, there was this couple that walked in, and they were like, they were kind of a stereotypical punk rock couple. Okay. I recognize. I don't know of. The, I don't listen to the band Nails, but the dude was wearing a Nails shirt, which okay. I'm familiar somewhat with. This band, they're part of the DIY punk scene or whatever. Okay, uh, and he had those hoops in his ears, the the big ass, you know, the fucking. They're not thing. earring. Yeah, the tribal yeah. hoops and yeah, shit. Yeah. And his girls, they're all they're both in all black, and they're sure. both got the clear punk rock look. They were not interested in the show in the least, so they sat off to my my left, okay, uh, far in the left in the middle of this empty group of tables. Whereas everybody, I, like directly in front of me, there's that's where the crowd is, and uh, and I'm making them laugh and they're enjoying themselves. Meanwhile, to my left, there's this this couple, that, yeah, that you tough would cookies. Think not that they were tough. They weren't. They didn't give a shit about the show whatsoever. Okay. Nor were they even trying to. Uh, they they basically the girl would keep talking. The dude, what I couldn't hear the dude talking, okay. but the girl would keep talking o- loud enough so that she could be heard over my microphone, mm-hmm. which is was was not. It's like it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this bitch is that was keeps, a control game happening. It's, well, in a way, in a weird way, it was passive aggressive because anytime yeah, but it was a control. Play, once I, I turn, well, I'm, I, it's control if it's like if I'm going to start, if I'm going to 
put this on pause and address that. Oh, right, right, right. right, right. But no, it's because I'm really just, I'm performing for these people, and it wasn't yeah. distracting them at first because it wasn't okay. too bad at first. But then I mentioned, I was like, huh, what's going on over there? I'm just curious. I can hear you having a conversation. I just want to be part of it now. And yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, she didn't say, th- her and her boyfriend didn't say shit. Okay. And so then I go, I'm like, all right, well, whatever. So I started talking to people okay. and crowd working and whatever for that point. And yeah. it, was, it was going fine. At some point, like after the two-thirds mark, that's when... I could the girl's clearly speaking louder than she was before, and some and some of the comedian da, 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 and I'm like excuse and I interrupted what I was saying. I said, "Excuse me, I heard you specifically say my name, uh, the comedian, yeah. uh, doing something, and that's what." And then she like cowers into her thing, doesn't say a thing again. I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I thought," and the audience yeah. laughed it all up. My my point, I wasn't. The thing was, is I wasn't trying to start shit with them. Yeah, yeah. And they're entitled to mind their own fucking business. But, however, all I was really trying to point out, and I didn't directly say this because I didn't feel like it was going to win me any. It was, it's it's one of those things where I, get, I don't like it. When I see when I see motherfuckers who are insecure on stage, I actually watched somebody do this in, in, in Salem, Oregon, not too long ago, where somebody wasn't that distracting. They really weren't that yeah, distracting. but they wanted to fight, but maybe. But, no, somebody just, inter- they they were having a fine set, but because somebody, they could just hear slightly not yeah. the purest of fucking quiet in their yeah. old narcissism, yeah. they had to interrupt their five-minute set to then oh, completely overreact and talk mad shit to two women that really were not being that rude. Yeah. They were just, it's a quiet room. This was a bigger place that we were at, so yeah. what they were doing was more deliberate at, at my show. But uh, but I watched this guy just totally be an asshole. And then I watched the whole crowd also look at it as an excuse to then shit on them as well. And it mm. made two people leave that whole... It was an open mic that felt like a showcase at first oh. until this... It was just really stupid. And I remember... And we even... Me and my friend who were on the mic, we were at the end of it. We were kind of like talking shit in our own way to them. Just like, yeah, that was probably the best part of this open mic. Yeah. Um, just watching somebody completely, you know, lose their shit and overreact at something that they really shouldn't have if they were. Well, I've always found it curious at open mics because so a showcase or uh, clearly a ticketed show, I think there should be some kind of, um, you know, uh, not policing. That's that's not the right word, but there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement if someone is disruptive. Um, but when you're at an open mic, you can clean that up uh, later. Yeah, no, yeah, if we're at an open mic, we're literally interrupting people's night out. It can be, and I mean, and that's why I, I, I just feel like a sense of, it's, it's weird thing. It's like, if so, it's one thing if somebody's being flat out rude, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. at a show that people pay tickets for, yeah. and they think they're going to be part of the show. That's different. But if you're in a place where, like, this was a free show, people were there, and these other two are are there to enjoy their beer. But here's the yeah. thing: there's a downtown area. There's got to be another fucking bar yeah, they could have been in and that's they true. and not only that this punk rock couple this was the thing that i didn't go off on them about because if i wanted to go off on them uh-huh. i would have been like because i actually i was like yeah i recognize the band that you're wearing I, i've seen all these fuckers with the hoops and the all black and all that shit yeah. i don't know what you think you're being cool here by just being you know trying to be rude to the people that are trying to enjoy themselves who clearly yeah. are enjoying the show and you guys want to be your little punk rock selves or whatever yeah. and i i didn't bring this up but i'm like if you really you, you both look like you're textbook fucking punk rock vegans and yet you yeah. think it's i don't know how punk rock you think you're trying to be drinking beers surrounded by animal head trophies yeah. <laughs> all around you like that's you know it's the motif the, the, the woke politics matter. of yeah. brentwood yeah yeah and um and that and it's weird because it's like i don't i i'm i'm all for progressive i hate the word woke because it's it's also it's oh a, it's I, a, yeah it's a well it's not i don't hate it because of the the obvious i hate it more because of the 
the the arrogance in appropriation of the word that clearly came more from from uh, from I want to say a what's the word uh, from progressive street vernacular uh, that's more been uh, more been appropriated by the very people who don't like cultural appropriation saying you know things being woke uh, and I'm like you fucking morons because yeah. it's just another it's just another buzzword. That uh, people used to just judge each other. And I'm not, an old and man. I have problems with buzz, buzzwords. Oh, I have big yeah, problems with buzzwords. Yeah, buzz I know. Words. But we, I mean, they're there. But I. But the thing being, it's like I like what they're aiming for. But the as my program would say, it's attraction rather than promotion. And what you're trying to do, trying to like just chastise people mm. who aren't evolving. The very second that you decide to add a new word to the dictionary or what, or add a, add the spectrum of gender and add everything. It's like, people oh. are slow, man. I just had to work for at a tech event yeah. where these are the people that are working with the forefront of fucking technology. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't figure out that they needed to print out their fucking lunch vouchers before they showed up to the fucking event, oh, even though right. it says in their emails, print out these yeah, fucking yeah. vouchers, you're going to need them. Yeah. So then we had a shit ton of people that kept showing up like, um, how do I get the lunch yeah, yeah, voucher or yeah. whatever? It's like, yeah, you were supposed to print that out, asshole. But that was even a bad policy from the morons who charged oh, yeah, you, yeah. who overcharged you to be a part of this fucking event. Uh, yeah. So now we're putting the pressure on them to get them these printed out lunch vouchers that yeah. now, because there's no printer there to print out normal printouts. And, and I'm just saying... People are slow, no yeah. matter how progressive, no matter how fucking fast. And it's confusing. It's going to be slow. There's a lot of plates spinning in society no now. No shit. <laughs> and the fact that the intolerance of young people, it, yeah. what, what shows how young that they are. I mean, when I was, when I was young, man, it, you know, I was, it, it's so funny. It was, uh, I just feel like my generation was a little bit more tolerant. Like, actually, we, we kind of, we laughed at and embraced. I would say embraced, like, not like we thought it was right, but we would laugh at, all of the things that made our grandparents and great, like all of the old tropes, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we had racist relatives that were being yeah, phased yeah. out. Yeah, we had a lot of, a lot of, you know, shit that was phased out, but at least we could, we could laugh at it. Yeah. And now it's just this thing with, with the, with a lot. And I'm, I mean, I've seen it even in friends of mine who I've made friends with them at a point when I felt like they had just an, an open mind enough to understand that, like, you know, the world ain't perfect. And yeah. it's and it's not. We want it to be better. Yeah, we want to develop. And how that happens is through communication, through yeah. open, open. And it doesn't happen through just immediately throwing Vengeance. down the fucking gauntlet. Yeah, there's a lot of and, vengeance And out just there. talking mad shit on yeah. the internet primarily yeah, yeah. To, to get shit done. And how do I know that? Because I've done it. And I've yeah, done yeah. it more satirically, talking mad shit out yeah, yeah. the side of my mouth, being passive aggressive, and actually sometimes getting the point across when they understood that it was coming from a place of just trying to communicate something in, a, in the wrong way and and doing it on purpose really and so but to see like a lot of this this kind of i don't like calling it cancel culture or anything else like that i just call it just people being it's i really attribute it more to trump getting in office not it's not trump's fault but trump leading the charge on people thinking across the spectrum thinking it's okay to just be shitty yeah, to yeah. Just be shitty and troll to, to react yes, to yeah. shittiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just overreact to shittiness, even when shittiness hasn't been done to you. How many times have you seen posted on social media? If you do, you know, if you fucking pee on the left side of the toilet, unfriend me now, because if you're not peeing on the right side of the toilet, I don't want anything to do yeah, with you. Yeah. You know, just everything, every every ultimatum, the speaking in these absolutes and ultimatums. And I thought Star Wars taught us this shit yeah. was wrong. You <laughs> no, know, I was just kidding yeah. when you said absolutes. No, I don't. It didn't teach anybody <laughs> a goddamn Star- thing. <laughs> no, I'm like these movies. Fuck you and your 
Disney Plus. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, actually, so you bring up a point here, and I um, I'm just sad I spilled some of my Red Bull, man. I gotta go crack oh, that other one. Oh, I'm fuck. sorry about that. You oh, want to go okay. get that just, right now? No, oh. no, no. I'm good. I can hold. Pause it. I'm just saying. I just you know I hate seeing Red Bull go to waste. I want to suck on this carpet. Um, nah, it's all good. I'm not can, going to. Yeah, we can definitely arrange that later. Nah, it's all good. Um, so there's this uh thought that yeah. I think as old school guys have when it comes to stage comedy, right? Mm, where, stage um, comedy or stand up. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I was I was about to say stage performing. Uh, that's say, stage put it the words you want. Uh, yeah, but uh, where um, we kind of knew that's the best. We knew Rock. when a comedy got a comedian got up, and, and like I said, I was naive when I first got in, thinking it was You're all still off naive. The I'm very naive. Yeah, uh, embrace it. Embrace it. I'm loving it. And we, we, I got a question about that later yeah. too. So um, when we watch a movie, it's well understood that actor portraying racist hillbilly is an actor portraying racist hillbilly. Yeah, no. And we accept the story. Bill Burr's first joke in his newest special is it talks about how like Brian Cranston got uh got a ton of shit for playing a disabled man. A man, a man who was fully abled and then became disabled. Yeah. And that it it should have been an actor who uh who uh that well, it should, and it's like but he's the, an actor. But the thing I, but the point I'm trying to make is the stand up has to play out a character mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. And that character is usually the one people crucify. And, you know, I'm not saying some comedians hide behind hate and bad behavior. Which ones? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of that only because the, the. I guess it's conceivable. I should say it's conceivable. I, I think at the names. very core of anybody who actually work, I mean, working people who do comedy yeah. that, that are, that do live or have lived and live off of it. Uh, I mean, even Nick DiPaolo, for all of his politics that people don't yeah. agree with, at the core of him is somebody who is trying to take his psychotic, you know, head yeah. and present it to you in a way that'll make you laugh. And I, I right. don't agree with most of his politics, and I still watch that motherfucker over anybody that I've seen who's just like pandering yeah. to to some kind of political base socially. Okay, and only because it's to me, it's like. It's and and it's nothing against the people that I'm because I'm friends with a lot of comics that definitely are aiming for those niche market type yeah, things yeah. and I just it, it to me it's like okay you check these boxes and you say the things that that make us feel good about it that we want to clap to but is it really I, and I I don't want to knock what they're doing as much as I just want to say like it doesn't make me laugh. But yeah. I also am open to the fact that comedy is a wide spectrum. Okay. So where I do have a problem with is when people who do fit check those boxes and they want to sit there and also be in judgment of all of the comedy that's existed. Comedy is always of the time. And a lot of people think that times have changed when they haven't. I mean, these are the very people that wonder how did, how did, uh, how did Donald Trump get into office? People like Michael Moore, people who've been across the country into like and seen the country and talked to people, could see how Donald Trump get in, got into office. People who stay in San Francisco or stay in Oakland or stay in L.A. or stay in New York or stay in Chicago or stay in all of the liberal cities, of course, and they don't leave there yeah. unless they're from there. They don't know how that happens because a lot of that shit is built around fear of the unknown. And yeah. how is how does you have a lot of people in across this country that don't really leave where they're from. Or yeah, yeah. They haven't been outside of it much. So naturally, they're going to fear brown people, black people, you right. know, gay people, transgender people. They're going to fear everything. Right. And they're always, and it's always the same shit. It's like, well, the kids and crime and uh, drugs and all the same, all the same stupid shit. And people keep falling for that same stupid line. And on, 
so the the thing about it is like if you're so enlightened, yeah, I'm like, where is this compassion for the ignorance of of people? Because that's really what we're looking at is just there's people that just don't know any better. Yeah, and they're and they're conditioned. They're built by fear. I mean, when I'm dealing with the shitheads at this fucking tech conference that I'm yeah. I'm dealing with, whatever, it's very frustrating. But I also realize it's like it's not exactly anybody's fault that I can pinpoint. I can say yes, there was some bad administration and these stupid fucking lunch vouchers. Yeah, but yeah. I know that these dumbasses didn't print the shit out, yeah. and they're gonna keep looking at me yeah. with the same fucking white eye. Oh, uh, what was about lunch and uh, yeah, lunch? Yeah. And I'm like, motherfucker. I and then and I'm just kind of exhausted, like. Because now, you know, it's like the stupidity of my enemy and the stupidity of my enemy is now combined. And, it, and they're not my enemies, but it's just, that's how I see it when it's like I'm just yeah. dealing with bullshit that I really don't have to do. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, so I just, I, more or less, I try to approach, this is something that my 12-step program helps me with. Because um, really, it's just about, under, like, having an open mind in dealing with the vast spectrum of people. And maybe it's also because I grew up during a time when like you know i had to deal with real racists but when i got to know them i'm like yeah you're not really racist you think you're more racist than you really are but i see how you treat you know it's like you'll say the n-word when no one's looking and then i see how you treat black people when we're face to face with them that kind of shit yeah and 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 like in a lot of good comics have also pointed to that effect of like real racism is quiet this is what bill burr actually says when real racism is quiet you know you look around make sure the coast is clear yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and that's true in, yeah. in just in terms and that's not just racism that's all the isms yeah all yeah. the phobias sexism and racism, and the fact is it's like you know they're just i feel like we've come to a time to a, a, a kind of a crossroad where people can't say what's really on their mind they're saying what they they're saying more they projecting more their impotence over you know ha- feeling some sense of control in their lives so i think um that's that's the sense i'm getting I'm, i talked about control earlier and i think i was projecting what i've been thinking about a lot lately which is that um a lot of what is going on with We'll just say political. We have to use a buzzword. Political correctness is its uh, uh, effort to it control. It was there in the 80s. I grew up in it in the 80s, it, there's too. A, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff and 90s that um, involves control. It never went away, in my opinion. I never thought it went away. I mean, it's, that's what's so funny is, like, everybody's thinking that it's some new way. I'm like, no, it's always been there. It's just people just ramping up being an asshole, looking, at, looking for excuses to be assholes to each other. Yeah, yeah. And be judgmental of one another. And, you know, when I was in junior high and high school, I remember seeing men treating women like shit yeah. and seeing women reward the men that treated them like shit yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. And now I grow up into a time where now there's this this you know this this pressure to constantly basically be dick riding women the entire time, which which just means like women can do no wrong, believe all oh, women right, and all right, that, right. Yeah, yeah. which is a result of the Me Too movement, which yeah. I I believe me, the Me Too movement, there's been a lot more positive than negative to it. However, yeah. uh one of the things I grew up with sisters. They were d- diabolical fucking liars. All right. And I've learned quickly that it's like, yeah, just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you ain't capable of yeah. some manipulation, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to throw me under the fucking bus, whether yeah. I'm a man or whatever, and throw each other under the bus. So it's it's one of those things where it's like and, and the same I feel goes with the with a lot of the the kind of the, some of the transgender issues and whatnot, thinking that we've come to this, this, this absolute point of our, of thinking that when a woman says something right away, just believe her point blank. When, yeah. if something is dealing with transgender issues that automatic, like there are people that were defending, uh, uh, 
was it was it somebody Michael Che recently made a joke and he brought up uh, he brought up Bruce uh, whatever the f- uh, Bruce Jenner okay. bringing up Bruce Jenner even though the joke shouldn't have gone as far as it did but he brought up Bruce Jenner in his bit after the point when he should have just not even gone any further um, but they call it dead naming now and I learned this through an article mind you okay uh, through an article that then used the word dead name as if I was this was like you know the King's English for right, you know right, forever right. and I'm like I just found a lot of people just found out about it from this article itself yeah, yeah. too uh, even the woke motherfuckers and so uh, and so it's one of those things where it's and then some people were being condescending about like you know oh somebody had to learn something new I'm like man fuck you all right mm. because you don't understand what the point is is that it's more the fact that this this kind of like like, you can't acknowledge the past, all right? And it's not to say that what Michael Che did was right or anything like yeah. that. But, however, if we're going to acknowledge the past, also, so it was Caitlyn Jenner that killed someone with a vehicle, yeah, which yeah. I think is a bigger crime than whether or not, you know, somebody decided to poke right. fun at, yeah, yeah. at somebody's past in, in regarding regards to their gender. Yeah. If we're gonna really, be, you know, having you know, what's the bigger fucking dick contest of yeah, yeah. of of past, you know, crimes yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this shit. So that's where I just feel like there's been like this uh, this skewed scale of like, because I believe me, I think everybody's entitled to, you know, to to peace, you know, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All yeah, yeah. the all the thing across the board, whatever your gender, whatever your sex, whatever your whatever your fucking bullshit. However, is so long as it doesn't hurt other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I but I do think that there's been a lot of impatience really quick. And I think a lot of it's generated more through the media. Than, That's what pe- I believe. And people yeah. follow people just just follow like goddamn sheep. Yes. Even the intelligentsia follows like sheep. Yeah. Uh well, that's what we were talking about in the car right yeah, here about yeah. news and how I gave up on news. And I do believe that a large percentage of our population, it's not a, it's not a chemical addiction, but it's a process addiction to watching what's on news. And then they let yeah, to the get news you raged up to get you pissed yes. off to get so, yeah, no, you're so addicted they, to the endorphins of anger. That's right. So you go you, and fear. Yeah, you click it on fear and anger. So people are walking around anxious and they don't even realize. Um, well, maybe the reason you're anxious is because your strings are being pulled by horrible things on the news. Mm. Turn that off for a few weeks and then just and don't project yourself. Like, again, That's I get back to the machines in general, really. It ain't yeah, just yeah. the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's everything from your friends on social media to people yes. you don't even know. Oh, good point. I got good into point. a Twitter beef brief- briefly. It was oh, a lot of fun. Tell. With a Yoda bot uh, on okay. there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wait, what's should, a Yoda bot? A Yoda bot is basically a Twitter profile that claims it's uh, a bot of Yoda, like a Yoda. So it speaks uh, in Yoda. It repeats itself. And, yes. and, uh, I don't know whoever operated it. It was really funny. Uh, cause I got to basically talk mad shit to Yoda okay. and, uh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Somebody else was cracked. Well, it was probably that. AI, right? Uh, it, I think it was somebody, I think it was somebody who was doing a parody. Okay. Like it was a parody profile. Okay. I don't think it's a real actual AI. I think it was somebody that, oh, that knew it. what they, that, yeah. that made this profile for fun. Yeah. And they, ba- what they do is they speak in Yoda speak okay. and then they occasionally repeat themselves that thus being the bot, which is really funny. And, okay. uh, and I, I just responded to it myself where, you know, like when, when they were repeated themselves i was like i said you know said that already you did (laughs) fuck dumb you are you know just shit like that just speaking backwards but um but having fun with it and just because it was not real it was just it was a lot of fun and it was nobody pays attention to me on twitter right it's weird i I could get people riled up on facebook uh but twitter is just basically like a vast desert of nobody paying attention to shit that i do so well i think i don't know that that's the whole internet to me 
So yeah. we just got to go out there and have fun and use it in a way that doesn't or not fuck have ourselves. Fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Don't fuck yourself with it, man. Um, I get you attention. So I got a I got a question about uh your so when it comes to I think there was something else you mentioned in the um in your podcast when you were talking about your first two years. I love yeah. hearing this from comics because oh let me get back to the um Dunning Kruger. So yeah, I I think. There was this other, um, I don't think it's from Dunning-Kruger, but it's a very similar concept where there's four phases of competency mm-hmm. where the first one is your unconscious incompetent and then you um, move on to uh, conscious incompetent and then, un- and then you go on to conscious competence and then unconscious competence. And I think there was something that happened in my comedy where I switched this year from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence and i would get off stage just feeling like uh, why why do i suck so bad you know it's like just one of those things where you just get off and you go oh you know what i thought i was having fun and doing good but i'm not doing good i'm really bad at this so you were talking about the first two years how you were struggling with bombing was there a time i wouldn't say struggling with bombing i grew to to uh, i embraced it too much Okay. Because like, I came from playing music, okay, and in playing the punk rock scene and metal, the underground metal scenes and whatever, you had to learn to not give a fuck, yeah, and, and that's how that's and and not give a fuck and in such a way that you both could play it off and be cool, I guess, in what you're doing, be an edge lord, uh, but but. Uh, but you really, in a way, there's a part of you that's, you care about what you're doing well so much that you don't give a fuck about how it's perceived, mm. and that's usually what makes it shine somewhat. In comedy, though, you have to care. There's a part of you that, unless you're one of those, luckily, even if you're a talented motherfucker, you still have yeah. to care on some fucking level in order okay. to make this business work for you. Yeah. Uh, because I just have found that that it's not, the best people at it are not people who can just not care. Yeah, uh, I mean, the more that they, if they act like they don't care, they do. There's, a, there's it's a character. Um, there's always, you know, some method to whatever the madness is that you're seeing on stage. Cat Williams, he cares. All of them care uh, yeah. because in order, in the at the end of the the this, you know. Do you think Andy Kaufman cared? Oh, totally. I mean, really? he cared more than anybody. Belushi, because it, Belushi cares to some extent, but unfortunately, okay. then he became a drug. I mean, he was a hardcore drug yeah, addict in the true. end, and I think he he. Same got with very, Farley. He got probably. very sloppy. Yeah. Um, and they, they cared in different ways. And I would say, like, because it's not, a, all, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. But, I'm with you know, Farley Farley cared a lot about making people laugh, but unfortunately at the to the detriment of his own health. Right. Because at the end, of, like, all of them always say the same thing, that all he wanted to do was make them laugh. Don't know him as a person. Yeah. Heard various stories about, you know, different, you know, shit behind the scenes and whatnot with that dude. But in the end, he's also, he was, he was addicted to drugs. Yeah. And he had a lot and of food. personal issues yeah. and all that and yeah. just would not take good care of himself. Uh, Belushi, somewhat it seems the same thing, but uh, I think Belushi was, unfortunately, he... He had more of a perception of him crossing over into like you know doing more dramatic acting and doing some other stuff. He was a rock star, and he loved being a rock star yeah. uh, as a as as a as a personality. Like he was one of those guys that loved just showing up to a house yeah. unannounced, that not knowing anybody, and just be like, "Hey, I'm John Belushi. Can I use your bathroom or whatever?" Yeah, and they yeah. would, and, and just doing that kind of shit because he was that. That was still that level of fame that you could achieve back then. Yeah, um, none of that shit exists today, and I don't think it'll ever exist again because the nature of what entertains us and how we entertain ourselves and, and, and how it works. And in order to make it monetary, monetarily feasible and all that stuff, it's just not the same. You can't just, if somebody, if somebody is a careless act 
and somebody's exploiting it, it won't last long. The last of those kinds of acts, I feel, were like the jackass guys. Because uh, those guys right. those guys cared, even though, I mean, those are guys that act like they don't care bullshit. They, they, there's a method to their fucking twisted madness. Yeah, yeah. To what they, they, it started off being a punk rock thing where they were filming themselves yeah, yeah, doing yeah. all that crazy shit. But in the end, it was Jeff Tremaine pulling together the, these guys, yeah. picking the guys who were the, you know, for, to be part of this Bam, tribe. Bam Margera had great, uh, he called him Camp Kill Yourself. Oh, totally. Videos back in the and 90s, then, and, and they, I loved those. And the thing is, you see who's who's become more successful. And let, I mean, Bam's struggling right now because he's struggling big what's time. propelled, yeah. I mean, he's very, he went the John Belushi route. Yeah, he did. Where he basically started believing his own bullshit. He, he, he stopped doing the thing that got him there, which was yeah. skateboarding. Yeah. And he started just being a full-time personality, being yeah. something that was so shallow and cheap, being the, the, the Viva La Bam shit. Yeah. And it's like, how long is this really going to last? How long is it really going to last just trashing your parents and, yeah. and, you know, being, being sloppy and just basically yeah. being a, drug addict jackass uh he didn't even drink until his mid to late 20s believe me i didn't start drinking until i was 23 and i mean i didn't and so that's the i just saw somebody and this was when i was still you know using yeah i was seeing personalities steve uh steve-o when when i saw i was still doing drugs when i saw the steve-o special the the fall and rise of steve-o okay which is a which is a great they don't air it enough but it was on mtv and it was basically chronicling his bottom that he hit uh, before he got in recovery. And when he got in recovery, it was inspiring to see because this was yeah. a dude that, yeah, he, he was one of those personalities that it made it was it made him successful being someone to take things to the edge. Yeah. And then, so for him to, like, re- he had to end up taking recovery to the edge to, like, to really He's doing stand-up now. Kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he does stand-up. I mean, he basically, his stand-up is, I know I have a friend who was a feature for him uh, on the road and stuff. Okay. And he's, Steve-O's a cool dude, but he's also, he's 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 a celebrity on the road okay. who does work the he comedy clubs. He can sell clubs. tickets, but. Yeah, I mean, Tom Green's more doing stand-up than, Steve-O's basically doing live jackass for people. And he tries uh, to tell stories and stuff like that. But he's mainly just a celebrity that's that yeah. will take photos with. And he, he seems like a cool guy, yeah, unless yeah. you had to work with him in the comedy realm. One of my buddies uh, was featuring for him, was even helping him with jokes, and he was burying him every night. And uh, so he ended up getting fired from that tour. Oh, no. So it's kind of funny to me. Um, he did his job too well. He should have taken a well, day it's, off. It's and, not, it happens. It happens yeah. in the comedy world. And actually, and it was... It's it's not something that you know I don't I don't even look bad at Stevo for it's like no nah, it's a smart decision because if you if you are going to bring a feature and you're the headlining act yeah you don't want to have to be competing with your fucking feature yeah. when you're the celebrity yeah. and even if, no matter how shitty your act is and so it's it's just a smarter decision to to get somebody that's not going to keep burying you uh, on the road, but you would hope that he would want to learn from it. But the fact is he's, he's already been a celebrity. He already has what he's doing. And it's like, and some of the the thing is, it just depends on what the, I think the performer, how much respect they have for the medium they're now trying to exploit themselves in. And whereas Tom Green, I think he had, he had a love, he had a passion knowing and respect for stand up comedy before he started becoming the personality that he was and doing the show and all that shit and going into stand up later. Um, because he tells he tells jokes. He tries to actually. I think he's funnier when he's doing some of more of his his character, his weirdo character, talking to the crowd uh, than some of his bits. But he still has some funny bits. And then um, who else? I mean, there's a lot of these people that that you know they do acting or they they're from like sketch and whatever. And then yeah. they start. I know Chris Kattan. He's got a boring act. I hear okay. that uh, that he's milked from. Some people have 
talk shit on Rob Schneider. I like Rob Schneider. I, I haven't seen his stand up, but I wouldn't care. Yeah, I would just neither. be like, yeah, it's fucking Deuce Bigelow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but but that's the thing is, I'm the same way with a lot of those guys. Yeah, but like Adam <laughs> Sandler, however, on the other hand, he uh, when he goes back to the stages and performs and whatnot, yeah. it seems like he carries a large respect for stand up. Yeah, uh, and not just stand, but doing his his doing his type of like you know he'll have songs and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, and I think he has a respect for the stage in that regard, and yeah. he tends to be consistent in making people laugh. So the stage you're at, <clears throat> how much know. it's death, really. It's death. Yeah. Well, you, you know, on the intro, I used Dead your words. Unknown. I Ozy used Man your words. Dias. Uh, the aspiring professional. I used your words. That's on that. I'm a professional um, aspiring. That's, oh, you know, get look, it right. I fucked yeah. it up again. Professional <laughs> aspiring comedian. I'm never going to write an intro yeah. again in my oh, don't life. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, but do you feel right now you've got the tools if you were to if you want to go to a bigger market than uh, the Bay? Or actually, I should ask that: Are you planning to go to a bigger like uh, I, LA? You can't plan that shit. I'm not going to LA unless okay. I have to. I'm not going to New York unless I have to. Okay. I I will if I have to move. I'll move someplace that I like feel London, is comfortable. Some, now, get well, the, London would be cool, but yeah. uh, I'd have to have my family die first before okay. I did anything like that. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I don't want him to die either. I love my family. <laughs> just to be uh, clear, just to be clear, no, it's true. I mean, no, it's, it's weird. I'm a, I'm 43 years old. I got into this really just. I'm I'm actually I've achieved a goal that I set out to do, kind of in a roundabout way. Um, but I also know that in order to kind of maintain it, I do need to push myself to to do some things to get outside my comfort zone. But yeah. also, my primary con- my primary main uh, concern. It's not really a concern, but my main focus. Stay clean, my recovery. That's even though focus. it's not always, you know, yeah. I, I I maintain a consistent recovery program. From there stems my comedy, my relationships, okay. all of that stuff. Got it. Uh, and and whatnot. And I do feel that at some point I may I may have to move. I may not. I don't know. And I'm yeah. not really. I mean, I know that I'll go to other areas and perform there. I'll go to sure. New York and perform there. But I know that's going to be. With money out of my pocket to do just yeah, for the experience, yeah. I'll be going on comedy vacation. Yeah. Same thing with L.A. Yeah, um, and I don't like spending money to perform. That's just me. Yeah, um, a lot of these people want to play comedian and spend money and act like it's real. That's fine, and and I don't even look at what I do now. You know, in the Bay Area, you know, that's why I say professional aspiring comedian because yeah. I'm not some headliner in the clubs nationally. I'm not some whatever. I'm a local showcase headliner level. At best, I should be, I, I could easily be a feature at the local comedy clubs yeah. and a feature level comic if I was, you know, deemed so by certain clubs and whatever. Uh, a lot of their processes are different and this, that, and the other. And and I, uh, but it's just because I know I have the level, I have the amount of material and the level that, that is consistent in clubs. Um, however, I also don't, really look to clubs to define exactly what I'm where what and where I'm supposed to be they're just more a measure of what I've been able to accomplish yeah and I me even getting past at clubs it was was beyond my expectations no, I thought forever I was going to have to be an underground comic that just worked outside the clubs and yeah. had respect of people in the in the lower depths of comedy and then I worked my way up to somewhat of the 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 upper end of the lower depths because I am a past comic at the best club in the Bay Area Punchline and yeah. Cobbs. Uh, I'm technically past at Rooster Tea Feathers, even though that lady is just in, just such a headache to to 
to figure out and to just to so work there. I'm, I'm really curious. How did that happen? So it sounds like you it's set a yourself story. a goal. It's, it's too a long, long for the, we're already at almost yeah, we an gotta, hour. We got to wrap this up so I can <laughs> we talk gotta to wrap Tina this up. for another hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. We got to wrap this up. When uh, we do, ha- I do want to be conscious. How, of, of how time. much time do we have? No, much, we're we're, much, we're there. We we're at fifty five minutes. Right oh yeah, now. we got to wrap up. Um, yeah, well, stay tuned for part two or some. Yeah, shit, part man. two. Yeah, 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 we'll do this. No, people got to figure that shit out on their own because here's the thing: I, there's only so much. I've I've already I help people out all the fucking time, and then I watch those motherfuckers use my advice for their benefit and never pay it back. Or and not like I'm looking for it too, yeah. but I watch it benefit so many other people that didn't have a hand in helping them there are people who do definitely help me don't get me wrong that that, so there's so what i what i end up i just try to be mindful of the people that i enjoy working with and then there's people that i definitely know are uh predatory in terms of just their behavior they have as far as i know entertainment's filled with sociopaths and not like not That's the, the business side kind, of, of showbiz. But more yeah. just people like, what's in it for me? How can I get, you know, I'm going to be friends with this person so I can use them to get something from them and and yeah. da 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 And I've dealt with so many of these fucking personalities at all the, to, from the open mic to the showcase level to whatever. And I've been fortunate that all the headliners I've worked with have all just been polite and and easy to work with. There's okay. never, I've never gotten to, like, as far as, like, the headliners that I've hosted for at the clubs. Yeah, yeah. Because there are some that, that I, and even some of them I've heard inklings of, you know, ego and whatnot. They were all cool with me. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's something that's just, you know, they, they act that way when I'm around or whatever. But, I mean, but these also aren't people that, like, invited me to go on the road with them or nothing. But it's yeah. just at the same time, I just like the fact that um, it seems like, uh, it, you know, I'll put it this way: If like if somebody's acting like an asshole around me, chances are they're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, because generally, it's e- I'm 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 not the same person I used to be. However, uh, a lot of my personality sometimes just triggers the the illest shit in people. Yeah. Just to behave like idiots, and like whether it's being defensive or they mistake a comment I made or just something, or they, I could just be I couldn't say nothing, just look at the fucking ground, be like, well, what's that supposed to mean, Dave? <laughs> You know, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. where my name comes into play. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pun intended. Yeah. And um, and so that's why I, I kind of just, uh, you know, just as far as like where I am and what I'm supposed to be doing, I, that's where my recovery program helps, you know, the kind of level of faith I have and just I am where I'm supposed to be. I'll always I be love wor- that. I'll I love always that, be yeah. working to something yeah. better, higher or trying to trying to. But but also just kind of. Not putting too much like expectations on this shit. I've gotten so much out of what I'm doing. I've been living off comedy and comedy adjacent shit for two and a half years, yeah. and that's and that's basically what I look at it as is being like, uh, being like on the job training for both being able to live at home, yeah, and and do gigs all all kinds of places, yeah, and at the same time keep my head straight. Doing my recovery consistently, yeah, yeah. I have my I have my recovery, I have my commitments, I have all that kind of shit, because no matter what happens to me, there's gonna be disappointment. There's gonna be there's gonna be all kinds of letdowns, failure, whatever. Oh, but, but the one yeah. thing I the one thing I want to stay consistent is that I don't. It doesn't drive me to f- to to think like, oh, you know what? I maybe I should get a drink. Maybe I should smoke some weed because right. it's just gonna lead me down to the same paths eventually of where I'm just gonna say fuck it yeah. and you know get an eight ball and a fucking jack and who knows? Maybe like, finally heroin will be around. I'm like you know yeah. what? Life's short. I'm in my forties. Yeah, fuck yeah, it. Yeah. Let's try heroin. Yeah. You know, and I'm not. I, it's just that's the mindset. I've yeah. seen it too many times. And that's why I'm saying, I mean, I never say that I'll never relapse because that's, that's a stupid thing to say as an addict. Yeah, yeah. You know what's really cool right now is watching Artie Lang 
uh, like if you, oh, I watched a Artie, lot of his Artie Lang stuff recently. Lately. Well, no, Artie Lang today with the busted up nose in I recovery yeah. is fucking amazing because yeah. I just from somebody who's in recovery, I've watched him yeah. trying, you know, go through the motions of looking yeah. like he was getting it, and I'm like, he's not getting it. They're even making fun of it on Crashing when he was on his appearances on Crashing. He's he's satirizing his own the own fact yeah. that he acts like he's in recovery, but he's still doing cocaine. By the way, I really liked that show. Oh yeah, it's good the show. It was I, I enjoyed parts of it. Yeah, um, I. Think I think it's the only comedy show that captured because I was at the stage of just learning to get on stage when it came out. And there's go, elements of all those shows, the crashing, the I'm dying up here. There's, there's. Oh, I certain, didn't watch that one. That yet. one's all right. It's a little more heavy-handed and lame, okay. but uh, I mean, there's, there's aspects to a lot of different shows. I forget which one I was, I was watching that uh, I felt was closest to it, but um, but in the end, I what I'm saying was uh. Uh, Artie Lang finally I this last round after he started when he was posting pictures of him when he's pumping gas in his recovery program yes. and all that just seeing him there's a thing like any addict who's been in, in recovery for any amount of time and you see people who come and go and who get it and who don't and all that yeah. I saw the picture and I saw the look on his face and how good he looked even with the nose he and looks I'm like, great I was like dude you got he's got it this time he looks like great. he's got it he's he's surrendering to it yeah. and it, and it shows in how he's talking about it yeah. and and he's he's not shying away from it and one of the things he that one of the best things i've heard him say was that he he's it was the fact that he's like cuz joe rogan was asking, so you, yeah. are you never going to relapse again he's like i can't ever say that yeah, shit no, no, no. cuz that's always a possibility he yeah, goes no i can just all i can say is that i'm going to i'm just getting today yeah. And, and that's that's the attitude that we try to that we have to be mindful of is just yeah. just another day clean. If I have another day clean, it's a great day. Don't care what happens. Yeah. And so and that's that's kind of where the 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 foundation of just my attitude starts. And then from there, and that's what makes me a better, a, not better, a more pleasant person for be, to be around, even yeah, in yeah. my crankiness and my mean Dave character and all yeah, that. That's yeah. really based on an old version of me, yeah. but I'm still a curmudgeon. I still hate yeah. everything. I still want the world to end. And that's just, that's just me. And, and you know, I'm, when you, when, you know, when your show got me, you were talking to, uh, you were talking to Sean Boyles and then. He he said something. Fucking god damn it! No, fucking. no, he said something, and then you go. Have you well, ever listened to his podcast? I've I do. Even tried. Oh I do. god, dude! How no, can no. you? I learned about paint the other I, day. I, oh, shut up! <laughs> you don't learn about anything. You, you might as well just be breathing paint. You'll learn more about it. Listen to that motherfucker. No, no, no. But he, <laughs> a penthouse. <laughs> mean Dave. Mean Dave, Sean. That's mean. No, he said. Uh, you said. I forget what the fuck was said, but then you go, oh, it doesn't matter. We're all going to die anyway. And I said, fuck yeah, I'm listening to this podcast oh, more because yeah. that's kind of my, that's my attitude right now. Yeah. Actually, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, I don't like saying that just to, just to be, I say that more or less probably to put a bullet in something that shouldn't, that is, because sometimes Sean will keep talking without a fucking point and like, he'll think he has a point and that's why I'm just like, all right, we need to put a bullet in this fucking <laughs> conversation, right? Life is too short to keep fucking losing brain cells listening to this dreadlock fucking poser. So, and he's not a poser poser. Poser. No, he's a poser he's, in terms of genre because he's he's a hardcore musician. He's a great drummer. Hard fucking he's in the worker. Worst fucking bands. Hard, you got to give him credit. Hard fucking worker. Yes, I mean you work hard to overcompensate for a lack of sometimes <laughs> talent. And but I mean he's a damn good drummer who yeah. should be choosing better projects. His uh, best band that he's in right now is Zed. I like uh, Zed. Zed's yeah. cool, and they're yeah. and the bandmates are super cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what makes me like them. Yeah. Uh, his other bands. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're very Johnny Come Lately, and he was also part of the the new metal scene which always just it, um, at that time yeah. i mean that's like i'm sorry that's like 
being in porn and then thinking that you can really be in love later. And I'm like, eh, I'm sorry. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're too exploitive of something very stupid. And not, nothing wrong with porn people. I love you, porn people. You can be I, in love, yeah. too. I'm trying to make... That's a bad analogy, They make good probably. movies. I don't yeah. know if any porn actors listen to your fucking shit, but... Dude, we did some aspiring porn actors. No, I don't think we have to worry about anyone listening to this. All right, good. Um, we did not touch on the most important point. What's that? I was raised in the Livermore Pleasanton area. Oh, fucking A. Also, and you touched on Oakland Day. Yeah, yeah. You, did you go to the fair during that oh, time? Oh, dude, I loved Oakland Day. For July 4th, oh, every yeah, 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 year yeah. up until 1995 or 6. When yeah. They now, my understanding of that was, so for, for us white kids, and I actually didn't hang out with a lot of white kids. I would go more with some white kids, Latino kids, what part, Asian kids. What part of the Pleasanton Livermore area were you? So Livermore, I was right next to Granada High School. Okay, I don't and know I went exactly to, where that is. Where so it's off Wall Street. Wall I Street. I don't know if you. Yeah. Is anyway, that east, west, north, south. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you I couldn't don't even tell know. you. Yeah, you yeah, I couldn't look tell at you. a map every once in a while. Uh, um, so. I that's where I live in and then on in Pleasanton I lived off of Hop Yard. I know Hop Yard. Yeah, by the DMV. Oh, actually, yeah. right okay, across the street the suburbs. from the, I'm burbs. In the suburbs. Burbs. And um, but I didn't go well for me at Foothill. I only stayed there for a little bit. You're but too um, street? Were you too street from uh, Livermore? I I wasn't yeah. too street, but yeah. definitely um, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't the demographic yeah. of Foothill well, in the sense that you're white and tall. How are you not the demographic? My, of the everything life? physically is demographic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everything physically fits. However, internally I was black. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, actually, externally I was poor. Oh, you're poor. Externally, yeah, yeah. you're poor. Yeah. Wait, so, how, okay, so like you just how did you get the? What do you mean? So you were poor, meaning your parents, parents were poor. It how was the just fuck did they get that house. It, it was a rental that um, a place where my mom worked. They owned the house, mm-hmm. and so it was. I well, guess I gotta tell you, for being poor, they've picked a hell of a good place to be poor at. Because well, ple- better thing. to be better to be in Pleasanton than Hayward, yes, or you know no. San Leandro or it was East Oakland. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful. But yeah. this is what I'll say, because we don't have time. Um, it was a, it was educational to go to the Alameda Fair on July Fourth. Oh, yeah. We loved it. We oh, loved yeah. it. Um, but I thought it was because each city got a discount, and it just so happened that Oakland it could have been. No, fell I, on I don't, July 4th. I, it's been so long, I don't know exactly. I know what you mean, because there would yeah. be a day. There would be a day. And I think you, you might have a point that yeah. Oakland Day It was fell, Oakland Day. I, but I think it may have happened. They might have tried to change that, okay. and still folks would be showing up from, yeah, from Oakland and whatnot. Yeah. And it, because there was, I'll just put it this way. Like it didn't, when I first started being aware of all that day because yeah. uh, we had a family that was a black family that was friends with my grandma and my grandpa on my dad's side they were guatemalan and mexican okay, okay. so it was kind of like you know and i grew up on my introduction to black culture was always uh, uh what's happening and good times you okay. know sitcoms and um but what about prior and murphy did you watch not really then? i never no. was a bit i was bill cosby guy oddly oh, enough, okay. you know prior yeah. to the rape allegations yeah yeah um but no it, it was and it really was just sort of like you know just being black was just you look different and and you kind of it depends on what degree of you know class you came from i mean this yeah. is just me as a kid but i'm just like there's some black folks that talk you know a little more like hey motherfucker da, 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 da. Yeah. and then there's but then there's the bill cosby's like it's yeah. it's not it there was no real understanding of like how this related until as i got older and be more, more aware of class yeah. issues yeah. and and poverty and and that it dictates a lot of your understanding when you're yeah. stuck in in you know streets you know that are a little more dangerous and whatnot and the culture that develops from there and but when i first started working there basically one of the things was you know where i grew up uh you know and this was like one of the one of the i would say one of the stereotypes of a suburb 
uh, was that you know the <laughs> the black kids were cooler than the, than anybody else because yeah. they're the they're the few yeah. black kids yeah. or they that there was pressure on them to be cooler than everybody maybe else. yeah I, I uh, know, maybe. Mexicans nobody gave a fuck about <laughs> Middle Eastern nobody gave a fuck about Asians they assumed you were better at math yeah 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 like all of the state the same usual stereotypes just the tropes but just yeah. growing up because uh, I I ended up. Just you know, coincidentally, I my fr- the few black kids that I went to school with, I was friends with here and there. And shout out to Adam Thornton, wherever you're at. And um, but when I but my real first real introduction into what I would say is like you know really culture of Oakland was July Fourth uh, yeah. being there, and that was it was a lot of fun because yeah. not just because it was fun to watch like people that I w- were were the ones that I looked to to be in charge of these of the stands I'm working at yeah, and that were their peers yeah. just watch them be so scared they were so uh, I mean because these were midwest but I didn't realize these were midwestern white folks who come to I the coast that. who look down yeah. on all, because they're carnies so they frown on all the fucking coastal I, elites and all yeah. that shit and and not only that and then they frown they definitely you know they come from racist parts of the country where they're completely comfortable saying all of the all of the slurs that you know whatever if I'm even if I'm around they might say wetback or beaner and think that I'm going to think it's funny yeah. and uh and they they come out here and they make their money you know Doing the corn dog or doing all their their various stands up and down the fair circuit. Yeah. And uh, but this one day you get a shit ton of black folks. Yeah. From the heart of Oakland, Richmond, yeah. wherever in the Bay Area, coming from all over to congregate on this one thing. Yeah. yeah. And just watching all of these, the, the just kind of seeing the true true colors. Yeah. Of these people that I grew to you know like. Yeah. And then I would see this very ugly side of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and yet still be wanting their business because their money's just as green as everybody else's. Yes. And not only that, they were you know they're fucking. We had lines out the you know whatever. And these and these are people that like would bring fucking barbecues. They bring their own food, and yet we still got big ass lines for corn dogs. Yeah. And um, and I was just dealing with a less uptight customer. Yeah. Like they would want to barter more. Yeah. But they were just there was just something. And again, it's it's you know I it, I don't want to sound stereotypical or or yeah, I don't want to no, sound because no. yeah. I come from a white you know mostly white suburban you know neighborhoods and all that in Newark even though they're you know whatever middle class working class whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, I sound white I know what I sound like yeah. but there was just a, a a huge musical interaction. That it, and I think it, and it's it's just part of the culture. It's part of the fact that you know black folks come from Africa when they first came here in the slave ships and all that. They were not supposed to play music, and yet oh, they I couldn't help but congregate and be developing some of the early early sounds of just dr- beating on drums, playing the fife flute, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit like that. These are things that just that then were like the early stages of what led into music throughout the years. And I mean, yeah. they developed the blues, jazz, all yep. this shit that yep. just comes from hardship. There's yeah. a there's a music Musical, there's a music to all of us, yeah. But with black folks, it's so intuitive. And yeah. I, I mean, I've jammed with I, my drummer from my last band was a black dude who grew up in the suburbs like me. Okay, and yet we had the most intuitive just uh, style uh, playing with each other than than I did with any of my other friends who were yeah. a lot more premeditated or needed some level of premeditation. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I just credit that to just uh, there's just. There's just something in the some kind of in instinct the, in the blood, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, in the blood of who we are and, and just as beings, as natural beings. Yeah, and we're we're all creatures of acoustic resonance. Yeah, that's what the planet is. That's what it all is. It's what love is. It's why we always encourage love conquers all. It, it does. It's you know that's why it's important to do good things because it, it spreads and all that shit and it, it definitely makes it it puts do good bring, things when you're in a dark room and you 
strike a lighter, it lights up the room. That's what yeah, love does yeah, yeah. to the darkness of the world. So, yeah. All right, and on that right, yeah, fucking yeah, corny-ass no, fucking gonna, yeah. note, and don't listen to Sean Boyle's podcast, <laughs> no, all right? It's, it's I have garbage. To. I, I, I love that guy. I listen to it, and I know it's garbage. He's my buddy. He gave me my first oh, he's showcase my buddy too. He, oh, all the time. Oh, don't so don't ever put him in sentiment. reverence. So what? I put him in reverence oh, whatever, right here. Man, that's good. I would have put you on a showcase too, Matt, all right? You don't know. We book, you know, whoever is just good attitudes and all that shit, but just saying, this podcast needs work all so, right all right man we'll get there thank you sir Now the-